chapter 1. This text of scripture, there is um, a great change in leadership, a great change in leadership, and Lord willing, there will be a change here in the not too distant future, and hopefully uh, Joey will be able to come over and, and, uh, very soon. The change in leadership here comes with the death of Moses, the great leader who had led them virtually all of the way from bondage to their location now, which is at the Jordan River, about to enter into the promised land. He led them virtually all of the way, but now he's gone. He's gone to rest with his fathers, gone to be with his God. How could the people react at this point? Uh, Will they panic and will they become impatient and will they return to idols? This happened before in their past. Exodus chapter 32 talks about a time when Moses was nearly 40 days in Mount Sinai. And what did they do? They took gold and they made a golden calf. So they needed to be bold. They needed to be brave and they needed to be courageous. And that's what this section of God's word speaks about. Courageous in the face of opposition. They needed to not be afraid. So let us read now God's word. Joshua chapter 1 verses 1 to 9. Now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord came to pass. That the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun. Moses' minister saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. For the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. 
For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our title for this evening's message is Reasons for God's People to be Courageous. Reasons for God's People to be Courageous. When we think of courage and we think of bravery, what might we think of? We might think of mighty warriors of the past. Those who might have, we might have watched movies about. Those brave soldiers who lost their lives keeping this nation free from Nazi oppression. They believed in freedom and were brave defending it. We might think of biblical examples like Daniel in the lion's den. How could all those people be strong, be brave, and not fear what they were facing? They feared something more than what they faced. World War II soldiers largely feared the tyranny brought by Hitler far more than death and far more than anything else. It's what drove them on. We all fear something. All of us. There's a popular t-shirt that says no fear. But that's not true at all, is it? Every single person fears something or someone. It's just a matter of who or what that is. And that fear, whatever you fear the most, drives out the fear of other things. And it drives you to be courageous in certain areas. That fear makes us not fear other things. If we fear God, then we will be courageous. However, I'm aware that it's very just easy and glib to just say, fear God. Just fear Him. We all know that we need to do this. We all know that we need to fear God if we're Christians. But the question is, how do we grow in this sphere? How do we not cower? We all have moments of cowardice. We all have moments where we cave under the pressure. We all have moments when we don't do what we ought to. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.7 But how do we grow in that fear? How can we produce courage? How can we face the enemies of God and not be filled with fear? How can we face opposition and yet obey God? Because that's what's at stake here, dear friends. Obeying God. God's glory. God's majesty. God's reign over the kingdoms. Yes, it doesn't depend on us. But we're concerned, aren't we, about the glory of the kingdom of God. And we will only do so, we will only fear God, we will only be courageous if we have compelling reasons to do so. Because, dear friends, our world and our media are peppering us with excuses. Every single day, every time you turn on your radio, with excuses to disobey God. We need to fill our minds with reasons to be courageous. Reasons. That make believers courageous. We're going to look at four reasons this evening. 
And the first one, the first reason to be courageous is we know of certain victory. We know of certain victory. Verses 1 to 4 speaks of this. Now after the death of Moses, it begins in verse 1. Verse 2 says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, thou and all the people into the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, for the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. It all, it's all yours. It's all yours. If a, if a team is playing a football match, and they go out with the sense of, we've already won. I don't know if anybody watches any sports and there's these teams that just seem to keep winning and winning year after year after year. It kind of gets boring in certain things. But they go out with a supreme confidence. You might even say arrogance that they've won before they've even gone out. And the other team is going out and they feel defeated even before they've begun. And that can be from past experience, it can be from their coach, but they just feel, they have that confidence, they will win. Somehow, no matter what happens, if they go behind, they will come and they will win, somehow. But if somebody goes out with no confidence, they will feel that they will lose. Time to keep the score down and make it not so bad. But this is even greater when we know the result of our entrance into our heavenly Canaan. They enter into their earthly Canaan, which is a picture of Canaan to come, the heavenly Canaan, our heavenly home. They know the result even before they've gone into battle with any of these groups. Before they've even gone out to Jericho, before they've faced AI, before they've faced any of these strongholds and battlements. They know that victory is assured in Christ. The outcome, the final score is certain. They know how it's going to end. At least they should know how it's going to end. And you do not, dear friends, have this certainty with anything else in life, do you? God knows the end from the beginning, but we don't know the end from the beginning. We see that over the last two years, time after time, it seems that there's another prediction of what will happen and what might happen. Fear stalks our society because it lacks the fear of God. They want to control things. They simply cannot control And things they repeatedly fail to control. But dear friends, here there's no dodgy computer models. There's no track record of failed predictions. There is the perfect record of God. Which should bring fear into the hearts of all those who are not on the Lord's side. It should bring fear into all those who are under the curse, who are doomed to destruction. Does it? In our society today, it doesn't. We fear false predictions far more than we do certain ones in our society today. 
What would it look like if we went out as a soldier of Christ for a Christianity that is victorious? That will be victorious in the end. That will be seen to be victorious over the nations. It is not a Christianity of just leave me alone. I hope people will leave me alone and I will stay in my little box. That is not a Christianity that acknowledges Christ, that everything belongs to him. The Christian is a soldier, and a soldier is facing a battle. J. Gresham Machen said this, it is impossible to be a true soldier of Jesus Christ and not fight, and not fight. Now, we need to be careful what that fighting looks like, don't we? This fighting must not be among ourselves. It is a spiritual battle. It must be done in a Christ-like and tender way. It is not to be inviting unnecessary trouble or controversy, but it is to witness of Christ to a hostile world, to face strongholds raised against the knowledge of the truth. And challenges raised against the knowledge of the truth. It is a battle we fight on our knees. In our prayer closets before God. It is a battle we fight with weapons God has given us. Such as the word of God which we need to hide in our hearts. Hebrews 4.12 says for the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Ephesians six seventeen says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We fight knowing that we will win. Now those men, those brave men who fought in the Second World War at the beginning, 1914, 1940, they didn't know they were going to win. We know we're going to win in Christ. We know we're going to crush the head of the serpent under our feet shortly through him. How much courage would those soldiers had if they knew that in 1945 that war would be over? That they would come home safely. Anyone, any of them who did come home safely. They would feel 10 feet tall fought with all they had because they believed in what they were fighting for. And, dear friends, death is a defeated foe. And I ask you, dear friends, honestly, to think, what makes you fearful today? What makes you to lose sleep at night? Does the media make you fearful. Now I also want to be careful in saying not all fears are irrational. If your child is in the middle of the road and you're not fearful, something's wrong. You shouldn't fear putting your hand on top of a hot stove. There are rational, wise fears. But what causes you to lose sleep and to not trust God? If only, dear friends, we were sharing the gospel As much as we were sharing health information today. That saves and that brings perfect healing. And that brings victory 
in the chief physician. But, friends, we've got to be honest. The work of the gospel is not seen as important as everything else going on right now. The work of the gospel is taking a back seat. This is the most important work. It is victorious work. So, friends... We do it with confidence. We do it knowing souls will be saved. Not they may be saved. The elect are out there. There are those chosen before the foundation of the world. And they will infallibly be saved by Christ. The gospel will bring victory. Souls will be saved and Christ will be glorified. So we know of certain victory. We also know of certain help. We know of certain help. We cannot do this alone. We are not meant to be isolated islands. We're we're social creatures. We've been created in the image of God. The Trinity. Enjoying perfect fellowship. One with another from eternity past. This is the image that has been implanted upon us. We all need help to bring courage for the fight and the battle ahead. Verses 5 and 6 of our text says this. There shall not... There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Joshua, who is now taking over the leadership role from Moses, could easily have felt alone. Could easily have felt isolated. Could easily have felt, maybe even rightly, that nobody understood him. But God promised to be with Joshua. He promised to be with his people. And no matter how bad things got, he would never be forsaken and he would never be left alone. There, if you read through the Psalms, you see times when the psalmist feels like the Lord has abandoned them. But has he abandoned them? No. No. We may have times when we lack assurance that the Lord is really there, but he is there for the believer in Jesus Christ. God promises to be with Joshua and his people. And so it is very important for Joshua and for all church leaders in various different roles to be actively seen to depend on God. And you don't even have to be in leadership. Sometimes there are people in the church and they're so influential. They're not in leadership roles, but people look to them. They, they look to them and, and they are encouraged by them. I don't think people realize how much that helps, happens in church life. But these people, we all need to depend on God. Our young people need to see. Our, the next generation need to see. Not cowering fear, but they need to see we depend on God. And we we are supremely confident in our God. Because he will not leave us. He won't leave us alone. People look up to Joshua. They look up to their leaders. And they feel much more confident, don't they? When they see confidence in their leaders. But whether leaders or not... God will help us through trials and challenges. If there is a Goliath type warrior. Scary. 
coming out to battle. We have someone who's going to fight our battles for us. Far greater than the first David who defeated Goliath. The greater David, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would defeat Goliath. He fights your battles and he helps you through. When I was about the, from the age of 11, 12 and 13, I was bullied quite a bit. And I remember one person who was older than me used to stand up for me. And I remember feeling 10 foot tall when he was around. I didn't feel scared when he was around. We have someone far greater. Far, far greater than any of the people who would wish to do us harm. Does this not give us courage, dear friends? He's just as much with us even greater than he was with Joshua. And this is what is the most important thing in our life because if we think about that help, that help to, as we walk toward our heavenly home, as we make our journey toward the celestial city, what is the most important thing to be in our lives? Surely it is prayer. Surely it is the word of God. Surely it is public worship. Surely it is other things that brings us this help. That brings us into the very presence of God. That God would meet with his people and bless his people. Have we seen this since 2020? Not a lot. You would be forgiven for thinking that the least important thing in church life is prayer in many churches. How can we expect any change in society in a fallen world if we abandon the means of grace? We must not do this. We have the greatest help, the greatest physician, the greatest healer. The sicker, the more difficult, the more trying our lives are, the more we need prayer. We have the greatest help for the one who had victory over the grave. O death, where is thy sting? 1 Corinthians 15.55 O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not to fear death. We're not to fear death. Death is a foe and death is not pleasant. But we're not to fear it. He will not leave us alone. Death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, or do any of these things come between us and the love of God. We know from Romans 8, it doesn't. I'll just briefly go there actually. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. To remind us that nothing comes between us, his people, and the love of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, 
but delivered him up for us all, how shall we, he not be with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. And then near the end of that section, verse 38, for I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And whatever is giving you the greatest worry today cannot separate you from the love of God. It can't. I think it was John MacArthur once said, if you could lose your salvation, you would. None of it depends on us. And that should give us confidence. That should give us courage. But there, dear friends, there will be many as they face the trials and the strongholds on the way to heavenly Canaan. They will see difficulties, they will see trials, and they will, they will only see trials. And they'll want to return to Egypt. In Numbers chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. Speaks of a congregation. When they first sent out spies into the land. And all they saw were the challenges. They never saw the help. They never saw what Joshua and Caleb saw. That there would be victory. And they wanted to retreat. They wanted to go back to the house of oppression. They wanted to go back to where their misery started. Not amazing. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Numbers 14 verses 1 to 4. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. And would God that we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land. To fall by the sword. That our wives and our children should be a prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said to one another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. They wanted to go back to their home. If you only see the challenges, dear friend, and you don't see the help... You will want to run from the battle. We need to see the God who's on our side. Our third point now is we know of certain direction. We know of certain direction. So we know of certain victory. We know of certain help. We also know of certain direction. Verses 7 and 8. Only be thou strong and very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do all according to all. To all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Uncertain direction in the battle and how to fight the battle leads to discouragement. If the leadership doesn't know where to go, if the leadership thinks, well, we've got to think on our feet, we don't know. These are, does that inspire confidence? Does that inspire any kind of courage? Not at all. Not at all. And it brings a lack of confidence in victory and in the commander of the ship. 
Even a clear plan goes a long way if it's a bad one. But better than uncertainty going all over the place. And we see this, don't we, today in Stormont and the state of panic. Moral protocols of past epidemics and other things have just gone out the window. And the ethics are changing with the wind. Basic Christian medical ethics are under major threat. They are under major threat. Thankfully, thankfully, toward our victory, toward our heavenly home, toward where God will surely bring us, we do not need to invent anything in the church that is essential to the church. The way to victory and a reason for the confidence and courage is found in the law. The instruction. In Hebrew you have the word Torah. Which can be translated law, instruction. How do we go forward? How do we do certain things? Do we need to think on our feet? No, we need to study. We need to meditate day and night. Because the answers, dear friends, are here. The answers are in the Bible. The truth is there to be learned and applied to our lives. Thankfully, dear friends, we don't need to invent anything. The way to victory, a reason for confidence and courage is found in the law. It's in the word of God. Now, here Joshua is referring to the first five books of Moses. But we have more revelation from the Lord The more we know this law, the greater we trust the commander. Because that plan, that decree before all eternity, has it changed one jot? Has it changed one iota? Not in any point. It has never changed. He's not surprised by our sin. He's not surprised by our backsliding. He knows exactly what is going to happen. And God will be glorified in all these things. The more we know... God, the more we know his word, the more courageous we will be. The more brave we will be. And there's no doubt here. These directives do not change in a crisis or in the midst of battle, but remain sure, certain, and steadfast. This is what we must follow. And this is what we must learn. And this is what we must meditate upon. We are... We're all different, aren't we? We're all different personalities. We all, what bravery will look for one person and another person isn't going to exactly be the same. Courageousness for the preacher is not the same necessarily for another member of the congregation. But, I do quote this from Proverbs, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. The wicked has irrational fears. When when there's no lion there, he is terrified of the lion. When there is no actual threat present, he is terrified. The wicked, in another way to say, are cowards. They lack moral courage. And I'm sure we've plenty of examples in our political class today. They run away from the support of the truth. And it's it's particularly heartbreaking when we have situations where we wonder if certain Christian politicians will even stand up 
against abortion anymore. Do we have courage in the, in the word of God? The righteous are courageous in the lion of the tribe of Judah. That confidence and courage will affect others too. Bad behavior discourages. But good behavior can lead and encourage others. Dear friends, you have no idea. The, 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 the change it will make in your home and your family. We have all areas, myself included, areas to repent of in the last two years, I believe. I believe many of us haven't turned many of us haven't given a great testimony before the world, myself included. But we must be honest with that. We must think, where do we need to change? Where do I need to say before my own children, I was wrong? And I think we've lost something very important in the sense of the panic over the last two years. We've lost the sense of looking for moral guidance. Moral guidance, ethical guidance, and ethical decisions from the Word of God. Many of the measures that have been taken up, we've, we've stopped asking the question, are they moral, are they ethical, are they, are they, are they according to God's standard? And let's ask the questions, let's, let's ask this question, is this right, is this actually loving? And pray and weep over it, and then pray and ask the question again. can't just take the instructions of this fallen world at face value. We can't. We must not. The government of our land must bow to God's word. God's church must not bow to unethical and immoral state laws whenever they happen. And I think they're going to increase in the future. Learn to do well, Isaiah says, verse 17, 117. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed Judge the fatherless, plead for the widow, those without a voice, those who suffer, those who are mistreated. And during the Second World War, they were the Jews. Who will it be in the future? If we get that direction back to your friends, I believe that courage will come back to, to, to the church. This courage comes from God. Courage we need to face challenges. Courage to do the right thing no matter what the consequences are. And finally then number four. Final point. We know of certain consequences. We know of certain consequences. Verses eight and nine. The second half of verse eight. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. If, our, if we are Christians, if we're truly believers in Jesus Christ, our future is in heaven. Our future is in heaven. We cannot lose it. 
But at the same time, we must not think that the way we live does not matter. There's a great danger, isn't there, of being that way? Well, I'm guaranteed to go to heaven, so why do I need to suffer while I'm here? As Joshua and God's people were about to cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land, of their inheritance in Canaan, they had covenant promises and and blessings and covenant curses that were given to them by Moses. Curses if they did not follow God and blessings if they followed God. Now Moses himself saw this personally, painfully. He saw the land. He saw the land but was not able to enter in. A saved man. It's a man who knew God, a man of God, but couldn't because of sin. Enter in. He, it says in Deuteronomy 32, verse 51, because he trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the, in the wilderness of Zin, because he sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. And then he was shown the land and he could not enter in. There is consequences for going away from God. But there's blessings, even in this world, for following God. These consequences in this world, they show how important there is. It, we will be chastened by the Lord if we go, fall into sin. Just like a loving parent chastens his own child who falls into sin. It shows us the dangers of cowardice, of fleeing back to Egypt, returning to the city of destruction. If people are going to dangerous countries where there's dangerous animals, there's warnings. There's certain vaccines that they might have to take before traveling to the country. When you see the dangers are real, the right way looks far greater. And he's there to warn you to stay on the right path. If God's people went away from the Lord, broke the covenant, what would happen? Leviticus 26 tells us a lot of this. Leviticus 26, verse 14, If ye will not hearken unto me, and will not do these commandments, and if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that ye will not do my commandments, but ye, but ye will break my covenant. And then down a few verses later, and I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. There is an irrational fear and a cowardice that will come upon them as a judgment and a curse of God. There are massive dangers of setting aside our covenant promises today. Our nation, we know as covenanters, swore in 1643 to maintain, very simply, that the Christ was the head of church and state. Very, very quickly, it set that aside and has since ran away from the consequences of covenant breaking. Our nation today is reaping the consequences of covenant breaking. Do we see this? The problems in our nation 
are not primarily about the NHS or anything else. They're about sin. They're about a lack of fear of God. A nation that is under, I believe, God's wrath for not recognizing Christ as the head of the church and state. It is not a time for all the things that are being suggested. It's a time for repentance. And don't we see today, dear friends, there's much by way of outward show of virtue, but little reality. Lacking real love and empathy for suffering. And dear friends, we are in great danger in a place like Northern Ireland, aren't we? A culture where the gospel has been for many hundreds of years and the Lord has blessed this part of the world in incredible ways. But we need courage. All of us need courage. But in the midst of all these things, dear friends, we must not forget covenant blessings. We must not forget covenant blessings. We have the greatest blessing... God with us. Emmanuel. Is there anything or anyone more powerful? Is there anything or anyone more special? Who is with us? Who will tabernacle with us? He is with us. So why would we not be courageous? Why would we not be courageous? That's almost the question. Not why would we be courageous? Why would we not be anything but courageous and bold before enemies? Because, dear friends, their their defenses are falling apart. Everything that this world is depending on today is visibly falling apart. From our police, from all other things, it's falling apart. But... Our defenses will never leave us. Ever. To fight this battle, to share our faith, to meet with God's people, to pray with God's people, regardless of what the world thinks, our strength must come from God. And we remind what God said to Joshua Be strong, of good courage, be strong. Not afraid. Amen.